Clit Talk is now on Patreon. Woohoo! If you're a fan of our show and get value out of our podcast, please consider becoming a patron. There are so many ways we would love to expand the Clit Talk Vampire, like hosting community events, creating inspirational videos, and who knows, maybe even someday go on tour. Patreon is a monthly subscription-based crowdfunding platform. In exchange for your support, we're going to offer you some super sexy VIP experiences. Like, we promise you'll have an orgasm every day for the rest of your life. Um, no, Sugar, we can't promise them that. But we can promise exclusive behind-the-scenes content, private Patreon-only discussion groups, live monthly calls with our cast, and then some. Go to our website, clittalkshow.com, for more information. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today, yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow. Bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to our pussy palace, Clitorati. I can't think of a better place to blee. To so, blee. <laughs> I can't think of a better place to bleep. I said a swear word there. <laughs> I really didn't. I, I just said it wrong. Fuck. So <laughs> fucking That's what I bleep. Said. <laughs> okay, so we've talked about monogamy, the evolution of female sexual desire, the challenges that men face today in a paternity-driven society, and we'd like to lighten the mood and discuss how to keep it hot for our 69th episode of Clit Talk. 69. 69. So, there's nothing worse than being totally in love with someone and then suddenly having no chemistry with them anymore. It can feel hopeless, lonely. So, we're here today to tell you that you're not alone. And some of us have even figured out a way to turn it around. So, let's get into it, Clits. Once chemistry, so I want to know, like, once chemistry and desire seems to go out of a relationship, is this something that you can get back or do you guys think it's done forever? I mean, it's our 69th episode. I feel like you just... uh Plug and place some 69 and uh, you're good to go. Just kidding. Let's be intellectual about this, okay? <laughs> but maybe that is you the You just want to be like, I just want to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? You is that what there. you say? You went there. Yeah, but it's 69 is the theme today. Yeah, 69 not, isn't okay, about wait, fucking so you in the ass. 69 no, Do you again. not know what 69 is? I know what it is. is. It's when one person's upside down and the other person's the other no, way. No, it's when you're both simultaneously giving each other oral sex. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like one's upside time. down and the other one's the other way. So upside down. down. Like, like on your head? I mean, like one's on their back <laughs> and the other person's like on top. And yeah, but like in the facing face. the other way. So like upside down. Yeah, totally. I wonder what position number pegging is, though, because you said fucking in the ass, and I'm like, what pegging. number would that be? I think that's like eight. <laughs> you got to eight, you, base. 88. You're making that up, aren't I'm you? totally making it up. <laughs> I want to look it up. Uh, it's like eight, you could, Wait a minute, though. It doesn't have to be upside down. You can do lay on your side to side 69, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like your uh, dog and your peeing. Lift the leg. I don't like to be on top. I feel so, like, exposed. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer the side, but the guy always wants you, like, on top. But then you're just, like, your ass is just, like, in their face. There. You're, like, face-sitting. Isn't that a thing that you guys like? Face, yes. That face you fucking. guys like. You guys. You guys Yeah, why are you grouping you us like that? Like, because I you. remember saying that I didn't had never done the face-sitting, and then I got, like, attacked in an episode. I think it was in season one. <laughs> They're like, you're missing out on a lot of face-sitting. 
Face fucking. Face fucking. I don't really like face sitting now. No. I haven't tried that one. Okay, we're getting off the subject. Okay. Can, <laughs> Where you, are we? <laughs> can you bring back chemistry once yeah. it's gone? Well, first of all, has anyone ever been in a relationship and where like one day you just woke up and not attracted to the, like your boyfriend or girlfriend anymore? I felt like you looked at me because I'm like so young that you're like, yeah, she probably hasn't had enough relationships <laughs> to have experienced this. I love I how you have looking, to imagine how young you are in every I episode. Lo- I know. <laughs> you're not that young anymore. Ageist. <sighs> I I have had this happen. I I think I had this happen every time I almost break up with someone. I wake up and I'm like, oh, I don't need you anymore. Bye. Ooh, Bye. Oh, damn, that's Katie. Cold, man. That's really like, cold. Well, you wake up when you're because I've had a series of long term relationships, right, my entire life, mm-hmm. and then sometimes you wake up one day and you're just like, huh, this is over. And I'm just like not attracted to them anymore. It's not like But cold. have you ever experienced like you still love the person and like maybe even want to be with them, but you just do not, you're not attracted to them anymore? No. Tammy, did that ever happen with your husband? Did you reach a point where you were not attracted to him or, or were you always attracted to him? Like, did you always have chemistry? I think if you're not connecting on a day-to-day level, just like enjoying partnership and doing things together mm-hmm. in the kitchen or with your kids or at work, whatever it is, and you're not connecting there, then you're not connecting in the bedroom, that wouldn't you naturally lose attraction? Yes. When Ethan was working remotely in Nashville, that was when we hit a rough pot patch in mm. our um, marriage, actually, where I actually thought that I just didn't enjoy sex anymore. And we just hadn't been connecting because we'd see each other every two weeks. Mm. And um, so that's like my whole story of, yes, I've lost it before and I got it back. How did you guys get it back? You know, we did um, a lot of work on our marriage when he moved back from Nashville. Well, it got to the point where I we just weren't going to be together anymore. And I was like, you can just stay in Nashville and I'm going to stay here. And like, we shouldn't be together you were gonna anymore. you were gonna get a divorce yeah because we weren't i'm trying to think if we were married yet i don't think you we were had, married yet we were married because we were married when he was still in nashville okay you'd like just gotten married we had though. just gotten married yeah. oh shit yeah yeah so it was you know and anyone who has Husbands who work remotely, or if you're in the army, like you're apart. Like it takes a lot of work. And Ethan was um, pursuing um, his music career in Nashville. He had a really great opportunity out there. So, and I supported him in being there. But then he was supposed to be there for six months, and it turned into two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And we were engaged. And we got married in between. And so it was just like by the end of it, I was kind of like, "What are we doing? Like, why are we even still together?" Mm. Um, so he ended up moving home shortly after that. And, um, we worked on our marriage for probably two years before it got to the point where it was good again. And it was just a lot of communication. Yeah. So, um, lots of talking, lots of therapy, lots of like work on my end the biggest the biggest breakthrough that I got in that at that time was where I was responsible for Mm. why our relationship was the way that it was um because I was really easily it was really easy to blame him 
Mm-hmm. So, um, and I and I held that righteous card that it was all him. And it wasn't until I was like, oh, well, takes two to tango. <laughs> so, um, and I and I actually um apologized to him and took responsibility for where um I was responsible for our relationship not being where I wanted it to be. Not like it's your fault, but like, like you like, found a sense of like power in taking that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like an epiphany, honestly. Yeah. It was like, oh. And you had a couple things going on. One, one is long distance relationships. That's yeah. extra work for sure. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, you were basically sexually repressed too. I, well, I was to begin yes. with. So mm-hmm. that, that was right. like the next layer of it. So first was just communicating and not being so angry at him for whatever, for a million reasons that I could have thought of at the time. And um, and actually looked at, like, w- my my role in all of it. So, um, but yeah, our, w- when we would see each other, because we were long distance for six years. So this was just, like, the end of it. Um, but the six years before that, when, like, he'd be on tour, I'd mm-hmm. be on location on a show, and we'd get three months hiatus, and we'd see each other every two weeks in between. That was the our relationship. So this was, like, normal for us. So this was the tail end of it. Um, and it was so hot every time we'd get together during that time. And then it just started to, like, not get hot. And we're just, we'd see each other and be like, okay, here's the routine. We're just going to, like, have sex because— I just wouldn't enjoy it. I did that for a long time until I was just like, mm, so what did are we doing? you start enjoying sex again? Because there was you, your marriage got good before you started this project and really yeah. developed a masturbation practice. So was there just like a progression of like, so you enjoyed sex at a certain level, and now it's like just even deeper because you're masturbating? And for sure, I mm. mean, these last two years of doing this project, it's been like a whole new layer of yeah. enjoying sex and. Um, connecting with me and Ethan. But before that, it took a lot of work just to like be attracted to each other again. Well, and I think that that's important. I think like how can you expect to have chemistry with someone else? I think think a lot of times people approach sex like they think they should be immediately turned on Mm -hmm. and that they have no practice of turning themselves on right or or practicing with their partner getting turned on like you know i know in with with um matt it's like he would be immediately horny in the morning or something but if if he 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 had it in his head that like he didn't need like i was like we can kiss and like get turned on and like he i think a lot of men think they have to immediately be turned on and like ready to go so I think like having a self-pleasure practice for both partners and then also discovering a ways to turn each other on because you're not always in the mood for sex, but you can get in the mood, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I'm not always, like we're doing the 12 days of masturbation right now and I'm not always in the mood to masturbate necessarily, but I said I was going to and I know I feel better after I do. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes, yeah, it does take longer to warm up and that's okay. Is chemistry though totally associated with wanting to have sex with each other i mean can you be like in your 70s and 80s and not mm-hmm. that into actually having sex but you still have intense chemistry so you hold hands you kiss you know chemistry and sex might be a little bit different sometimes yeah. i certainly didn't lose attraction um in my marriage because so much of the sex part and when i realized that i wanted to be 
out of my marriage is because uh, my ex-husband was away for a few months doing a job. And while he was away, I didn't really feel the missing. And that's kind of when Mm -hmm. I realized, and we had already been talking for a couple of years about things aren't really working Mm -hmm. as in terms of uh, our, our, our partnership was okay in terms of raising kids and taking care of the bills and even running a business together. Overall, that part was okay, but we had a disconnect. And I don't think it had that much to do, to do with sex. Did it have to do with chemistry, though? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think because, you know, when you want different things and you're not really present to each other's needs because you're kind of in your own head— and you're doing your own thing in your own world, in your own stress, that there's this disconnect and the fire burns out. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I want to, oh, actually, how do you define chemistry? Chemistry is so elusive. You know, I can be on an app for a couple of days texting somebody and thinking very clearly, like, we have some real chemistry here. There's some good text flow. And then I usually ask for a phone call. And if the voice ain't right, the chemistry for me goes, out the window. If I don't like the tone or an accent or how they're speaking, I lose the interest right away. But when you meet somebody and you have good conversation, and even if that person initially isn't like your type physically, Mm -hmm. the conversation and the energy creates this chemistry. So it's really like an elusive connection with somebody. And I don't know if you can get it back, but I'm sure that if both people are invested in wanting to try to reignite it, that it's absolutely possible. It definitely takes both people to want it. Yeah. Is it it in the realm of like, because I think for me, it's very rare that I find I have immediate chemistry or attraction with somebody I just meet. It's pretty rare for me. More, less, I mean, I'm attracted. It's easier for me to be attracted to women. I think because women are just prettier. <laughs> <laughs> but but with men, I, I find I found myself very particular. It's very it's very. Um, so it's interesting. Like, what are the the things that like has you? I think it's energy. I think it's someone's energy yeah. too. What's your definition of chemistry? Miss Melody Willow. I don't know. I was thinking about that when you were asked when you asked Tamiko, and I was like, "What is my definition of chemistry?" I don't really have a definition of chemistry. It's more of a feeling, and I think all of it is connection. I think when you're connected with somebody, whether you you get to you can get connected with them through communication, whether it's like practicing eye contact, gazing in each other's eyes. I think when for me, when connection is present, attraction is there. So I could be connected to a woman and like just get really intimate with them, like and not necessarily want to have sex with them because there's connection is connected to them because you don't like girls like that because I don't like girls like that yet (laughs) you like girls you just don't like them like that like that that. (laughs) hey there clitorati it's Katie so you all know I'm a nurse and clit talk for me is a health conversation I really want to take a minute to share a product with you that has made a huge difference in my life 
Euphoria Wellness Awaken CBD Lubricant. Remember that. I use it multiple times per week, and this is coming from the woman who never used to masturbate. Not only has it enhanced my new masturbation lifestyle, it's eased the pain I used to have during sex, and my husband is super happy because our bedroom play is so much more fun. So, I personally reached out to Foria Wellness to see if they would partner with Clit Talk, and they were an overwhelming yes. So now, you can get a discount on their fabulous products by going to our brand new pleasure store at clittalkshow.com. All their products are there, and if you're interested in trying them out for yourself, use the discount code CLITTALK10 for 10% off your purchase. I can't recommend them enough, so do yourself a favor and get your pussy high. I'll never forget Ethan and my first date and the chemistry that was just there in the conversation. It's just like a spark, you know? Mm-hmm. You guys want to know the actual definition? Yeah. yeah. I just looked it up. So it says a complex emotional or psychological interaction between two people. And then the example says their affair was triggered by intense sexual chemistry. Sexual chemistry. <laughs> so there is. There's sexual chemistry mm-hmm. and then there's human chemistry. Right. Have you... Sugar, ever, like, lost attraction? Believe it or not, yes, I have. (laughs) I actually have been in relationships before my marriage. I, similar to you, Katie, it's like this one day I'm over them. It's so weird. It's this how it was before every person before my husband. It's like this, it was probably building up in me, but it's like this moment of like, oh, wait, this is over. Time's up. And It could have been that, you know, and I think that I didn't really pick people that I felt I really wanted because my self-esteem was so low, even though I pretended it wasn't. Ultimately, I was picking people that were, I felt, um, less attractive than me in some way, which is fucked up to admit. Like, there was a little bit of chemistry, maybe verbally, maybe a good kiss, but maybe that breath stank a little and it just after date five was like, I'm sorry. Or two months into a relationship and all of a sudden you're like, wow, I just hate the way you smell. I never realized it was like, I was into you at first. We connected on, you know, because of our humor and good sex, but like your breath is just like not working with me. I used to cover that up like with this one boyfriend I had in college. I was dating the RA of my uh, dorm. I was a freshman. And we were together for about three months. And it was like, we had chemistry. We had good sex. You know, he was the RA. So it was like super cool. And uh, yeah, after like three months, it was like out of nowhere. And I left him like, what the fuck in the dust? Um, And it can be very abrupt like that. Um, I've also had this with a girlfriend I had where it was like one day I was like, fuck like love you you're my best friend I was in a full-on relationship we were like I love yous and everything and um this was actually my relationship before my marriage I I wasn't with any men didn't date anybody for a year and then all of a sudden I have this girlfriend out of nowhere not out of nowhere but I was like I want to be with a woman right now four months in hot and heavy super serious start saying I love yous towards the middle end and I just I started feeling this weird pit in my feeling like I knew I didn't want to be with her forever and I and I was already getting over the sex, mm. okay? And it wasn't that she, I wasn't fully attracted. So I want to point that out. It's like, what if we're sometimes in these, you know, we're always elevating our consciousness, right? So what if there's there's periods that we go through where we're purposely picking people that 
aren't truly a vibrational match because of wherever we're at emotionally, however we feel about ourselves. Maybe there's a sense of control, wanting to feel better about ourselves and subconsciously picking people that aren't our go-to who we would seek after. And I think if you get into, that's what I used to do. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. I'm more aware of it now than when I was in the moment. Well, it's safe because it's it's for you, there's no future with them. So if you're not looking for that, it's like the safe choice. Even if you don't consciously know that. I I don't think it's a conscious thing thing at the beginning, but it's something that, you know, over a few months of time where you kind of get these hints or this like stomach twinge and you're Mm -hmm. like, and you can brush it aside and brush it aside until you can't anymore. Yeah. So you're totally lying to yourself, you know? And I think that getting, for me, that's what it was. I, was, I wasn't picking people that I was even giving it the cha- giving it a chance to see uh, if, if a flame is there or not because the flame was fucking going to go out anyways because I wasn't picking somebody that I was truly wanting to be with. Yeah, I think another way that the flame can go out, well, if you think about it, in the beginning of a relationship, how you treat someone new that you're dating. You compliment them, you go on dates, you're doing romantic activities, and then once you get into the rhythm of life, I think those are the things that you have to actually work at because it's not happening as naturally. So, But it's like, think about it, it's like how many times have you complimented your partner this week if you have one? And not just I love you, or like really actually looking for things and like keeping, I think, I think being nice <laughs> goes a really long kindness. way. Kindness. Kindness. But, kindness. but Austin but, says that's always the hottest thing to him is when a woman's kind. Yeah. And, and, but like taking that extra effort to have a date night, like put it into the schedule, like really look for ways that like, you know, find out what your partner's love language is and do that for them. I know mm-hmm. like for Matt, his love language is physical touch. So I was really making an effort to like give him a weekly massage or every time he would ask me, I would say yes, even though I hated doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think it's I think it's consciously keeping those behaviors that very naturally occur in the beginning of a relationship and like keep going with them is something that could definitely help keep chemistry alive and keep a sense of romance and connection, like Mm -hmm. really just being in tune to your partner's needs and things like that. Well, yeah, because we know how, like how it's going to go if we don't take that initiative is probably infidelity. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of my high school relationships. My like first serious relationship three years was, Great sex. Oh my God. We were fucking like monkeys, like rabbits, you know, we were like just lost virginities together for years. Great. And then we didn't have communication tools because we're fucking 16, 17 years old. And all these things surely could have been sorted out in communication, but it was like not even knowing to put that in what you just brought up, Lindsay, you know, and I think that that's a first place to look is what to put in at that time being high school students. We didn't know what to put in. We both ended up fucking cheating on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we said we were going to marry each other and be high school sweethearts. So yeah. I think it really is the tools that we have access to and recognizing when, up, oh, it's time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even if we can create a lifestyle, I think that's what you're really pointing to that prevents that. Like you said, yeah. Tammy, we're going to yeah. work. We're going to be busy. We're going to be in different directions. So creating an environment where you can— you can support the natural ebbs and flows of life and where our attention goes. Well, what resonates for me, what Lindsay said, is that really in a nutshell, what you're saying is something I believe is that when you're being taken for granted, it really cuts Mm -hmm. your libido in half. Mm -hmm. So the longer the relationship is, it's 
sometimes an unconscious thing that we do where we start taking our partner for granted and then the other person doesn't feel appreciated. And how are you going to be turned on like that? Right. So you do that long enough and then the fire is gone. Or if someone's mean to you. Well, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, right. or just, yeah. But I think, and I think there's also something really important that we kind of touched on before. I, I don't, I hear people saying sometimes, oh, when it's the right person, it should be easy. I think that's such bullshit. Mm. I think both partners have to be willing and have to know that a great relationship still takes work. The best relationships. It's like, okay, so you're with your partner and you love them and then they get a really amazing work opportunity and they have to go away for like a few weeks. Like, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. And it, that could still be a really great, any relationship. And you can still be happy for them. And you them, can still be happy for supportive. them. Yeah, but it still sucks, you know? So yeah. I think that both partners have to be conscious enough and know that a, re- a relationship takes work and that like chemistry and connection is an area that is constantly needing to be tended to, mm-hmm. like making a conscious effort to do that. You know what else sucks? Mm. When you've got really hot chemistry with somebody, but you just don't get along. So you <laughs> still, you, you break up <laughs> and you still fuck each other afterwards oh, because oh, the shit. chemistry is right on, but you just don't have partnership. Right. That's bad too, right? Well, some of the best sex I've had is with people I would never want as my life partner. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think just to sum it up, I think relationships are all opportunities. Whether it's a good relationship, a bad relationship, whatever you want to define it. I don't good or bad, I think is of human creation. I don't think there's such thing as good or bad. It is what it is and it's all an opportunity for growth. Mm. For sure. Capish. And this I, I wish I could remember who told me this, but when shortly after I got married, someone told me like marriage is just an empty box. If you don't fill it up with anything, it's still just going to be an mm. empty box. Just because you're married doesn't mean that it's just like smooth sailing from there. Mm-hmm. My first year of marriage was fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> that shit was fucked up. A lot of times the first year is tough. Mm-hmm. I'm, now I'm in year two. I got to say it's way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that the first year is the hardest. Oh my God. God, like the sh- if I, I'm not even ever going to tell y'all some of the shit that went down year one. It's just t- too dramatic. Yes, it's too dramatic. always it's dramatic. Our, uh, some of my best friends have told me the same thing. They're like, we don't even need to talk about it. We know what you went through. Like, don't tell us. It's 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 scarring. No, uh, that's that's over dramatic. But it, it really is. Um, it was really rough for me. And honestly, our sex life got also got fucked up our first year of marriage. We were so used to being. My husband being a pilot and being gone like every two month, every month for like two weeks, that we had a good structure going sexually. Like we had, and when we was home, we had like our partnership. We'd have like a little difficulty connecting at first because being apart for like you know a week to two weeks, you kind of need to settle back in together. But the sex was like on point, right? We're like two years in. He uh, switched careers and was all of a sudden home all the time, which was awesome because he was like living his dream, which is great. But mm-hmm. we just didn't create something different. And so I'm used to having sex all the time with him when he's home. Well, now he's home 30 days out of the fucking month. This guy's like, we're not going to have sex every single day. And that was a huge, that was a huge problem for me. Like I was like, I didn't know almost how to, how to be connected without it. Mm. Um, Put in over time, like what you just said, appreciation and taking for granted. I definitely had a period where I was totally the bad guy, good or bad relative, right? Like Mm. you said, 
Melody Willow. Uh, but I had this period where I would say I was the bad guy and I was totally taking it for granted. Granted, I was finishing my business degree. Um, I was like, um, I was a maniac. Do you know what I mean? Total maniac in my life, focused on myself, and I wasn't listening for like the needs being filled. And this guy felt so unappreciated by me. He like couldn't get, he wasn't turned on. It was like, we, that was the period when we were having sex once a week. Do you guys remember that? Like mm-hmm. a long time ago on this podcast? Mm-hmm. That was when the that was when it really was out for me. And it was out for like a, a good year. So you were successful in getting the chemistry back in your relationship by starting to realize that you were taking your partner for granted and finding ways to appreciate him and show show him that you care. I mean, in a in a nutshell, I had to get a lot of coaching from people that I admire, that I listen to in that way to receive, you know, the things you need to hear and in your personal development. And, you know, we're talking about interpersonal relationships here. It's so much of it is that self-growth process of what do I have to give up? What can I take ownership of and 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 really be responsible for on that level? Then the other side is like, you better learn your pussy if you, if you want to keep yeah. it, if you want to keep it alive. So I think the combination yeah. of doing that personal work, but then also doing that pussy work together mm-hmm. really saved the Save the marriage. I had a a bit of a different situation with with Matt and I when we first got together. After the initial, you're like, oh my God, I'm having sex with a new person, wore off. We actually did not have a fantastic sex life and he was not really desiring me. I had a very different body type than his ex and he was having a hard time like being turned on by me. And I also think that there was a bit of like the Madonna syndrome thing. He saw me as like the, you know, kind of like the mother of his children type of thing instead of like a sexual object, which is like a thing that guys can do. And we had to like work through that. So you as the mother of his children kind of thing? That's like what the Madonna syndrome is. Oh, okay. Like you you see someone as like the mother of your children and not as like a sex object kind of a thing. Yeah. And so we actually had to like work through it and our sex life got better the longer we were together and we connected more. But I think that it was an intimacy thing for him as well. Like he he was scared to connect like intimately and like we had to like work through that. So I think if there's like a fear of intimacy as well, that can really affect your chemistry and letting your guard down and, and building a strong foundation of a relationship as well. So we actually like our sex life got better as the more we learned about each other and what each other's likes were as well. Um, so I think I've had that happen as well where it's like, you know, it starts off and like, so if you're in a relationship and like the sex isn't great, you can you can make it better if you're both willing to work on it. Totally. But it takes two. I mean, even when I got yeah. pregnant, I've talked about like sex was like really difficult. Yeah. And it's still, we're still finding our way, but we're both working on it. Mm-hmm. I think it's totally normal. Yeah. I think for me, it didn't matter who I married. Could have been anybody. And, you know, getting into a relationship so early in life and being that he was my first lover too, mm. that it could have been anybody. And at 24, 25 years, I just may have chemistry or no chemistry, just need to go do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Mm. So maybe it's just natural that the chemistry went down because I had a new idea about what I wanted my life to look like. And I understood that that wasn't something that he wanted to do, that he didn't see that same road I wanted to go. Yeah. So 
there's that too. It's really chemistry is like I said, just elusive. Yeah. And there's a lot of factors on why it's there and why it's not there. But I do think that everyone who still really loves each other should give it one more go. And then you don't have any regret or looking back of maybe I should have. Mm-hmm. So you just give it one more go. And if it doesn't work, it's time to go. So if you want a little more tips on how to make it hot in the bedroom, we suggest you go to these four hot podcasts that we've done in the past. One is Pussy Licking Good. That's episode 30. And How to Give a Hand Job with Nina Hartley. So good. Episode 32. Tantra for Lovers. It's everything. Let's go to episode 34. And lastly, but not least, Anal Sex 101, episode 51. Enjoy, Clitorati. Bye. Bye. Did you just love this episode of Clit Talk? Well, shit, then you better head on over to iTunes and subscribe. But only if you want amazing orgasms. Also, while you're over there, please rate us and leave a review. But again, only if you're open to incredible sex and amazing relationships and world peace and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, It's very much appreciated. And thank you.